Perth is likely to be the best performing capital city in terms of house price growth over the next two years. In this episode, we'll talk about the best suburbs to buy there right now, the best types of properties, whether it's a mining boom and prices will boom, then bust or not with proof data. Number four, how long this boom is likely to last for. And number five, whether this boom is created by investors or whether there's more substance to it. The biggest buyers agents in Australia are not buying in Perth, especially those that are data driven, quote unquote. They are doing their clients a massive disservice. Here's proving them wrong. Welcome to the Oz Property Investment Mastery Podcast. My name's PK and I help busy people build passive income by buying top 5% growth and cash flow property and build a portfolio using data without wasting months doing research, spending weekends at inspection or catching flights, or dropping ten dollars to $20,000 on buyer's agents every single time. So if you're confused, lack confidence, and just overwhelmed with all the information and marketing misinformation available online and don't know where to start, then this show is for you. Question, people say this boom in Perth is basically because of investors. They are buying up properties and when those investors will struggle, then all of a sudden it will be a house and cards. But get this, two years ago, there were 220,000 rental properties available in Perth. Fast forward two years to like right now, 2023, there are just 200,000. That's a reduction of 10%. So in the last two years, sure, investors have bought a lot of property in Perth, but there's less now than there was to start with. So you tell me, is this an owner-occupier-led boom or an investor boom? National Housing Finance Corporation says that in Perth, by 2027, there will be 25,000 less properties than there will be needed, a shortfall of 25,000. Now, 25,000 is about 25% of overall Australia's shortage by 2027. Yet, Perth housing constitutes only 10% of the actual total housing in Australia. So there is a disproportionate amount of shortage, 25% in Perth, than there ought to be. That means that Perth has the biggest chronic shortage in Australia versus any other capital city. Another stat for you right now, investors in Perth are transacting only two thirds the volume of properties that they did in the last boom. Once again, this is not an investment led property boom. I've done other videos on how population growth at 2.6% in Perth is the highest out of any capital city in Australia and that it's taking less than nine days on average to sell a house. That includes all the crappy suburbs. Look, I'm not trying to spruik Perth. I want you to understand this and make your own decision. Maybe Perth isn't for you, but at least be humble, open-minded and have the foresight to acknowledge that there just might be an opportunity here for you, not me, for you to make money for yourself. The average days of inventory is down to 50 days. That means if no more property came for sale in 50 days, all existing property in Perth would be sucked up. There'd be nothing for sale. That is the short shortest, smallest amount of inventory days as a stat anywhere in Australia right now. All the stats that I'm sharing are from Reba, ABS, and CoreLogic. The mining town, right? That's what you've been saying, and I've done so many videos sharing and proving over the last two and a half years why that's no longer the case. 
Another one for your investigation is right here. The source is ABS, and it's saying private sector new capital expenditure, okay? So businesses, corporations, how much capex, how much expansionary investment dollars are they putting in? And in the non-mining sector since 2004, this blue line has been gradually trending upwards, had a bit of a drop around 2012-14. It's basically, you know, it's flat, up and down, but basically stable. Yet the mining sector, capex in the mining sector, clearly the last boom in Perth was a bubble because it was led only by mining predominantly. This orange line peaked and then when iron ore prices fell a huge amount, then around 2014 the Perth property market fell because all these mining companies, Rio Tinto, etc., they pulled out of so many expansionary projects and mining capex went back down to normalized levels and then Perth was just flat for like seven years. But in this Perth boom, we're not seeing that 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, mining capex, this orange line is stable. People who say this is a mining boom don't understand the data, including award-winning buyers agents, because this is not hiked up. The mining capex is stable. And I want to remind you, iron ore prices, which are the key determinant of a mining boom over in WA, have already fallen 50% for more than a year. So it's not like, oh, iron ore prices are at record levels. Actually, they've fallen 50% in 2021 and in 2022, they were stable. Now they're pretty stable going up a little bit again. So no one can say that this is a mining boom looking at these data points. Guys, I'm going to get to the best suburbs at the end. Stick with me. This is so important for you. What types of properties should you buy in Perth? Check this out. Sources below. Price growth on the left-hand side in the last 12 months. And on the right-hand side, ratio of annual sales to current listings. What this is saying is the Perth boom exists in houses under $600,000. You see this right here? This means this blue chart houses under 600K have risen more than 10% in the last 12 months. Perth houses over 600,000 have only gone up 4%. Regional WA, even less, and Perth apartments. I know you might be tempted, but forget it. Don't do that, right? So it's not that everywhere in Perth is booming, and I want you to understand that as well, because that's why we're not seeing the media saying Perth property boom 25% or 10% or 15%, like you remember Sydney, Adelaide, Brisbane in COVID times, because this boom isn't everywhere. And you know the reason why it isn't everywhere is because these houses above 600K, there's hardly anything for sale. All right, so when we take median city capital growth calculations, we need to take the median in the middle. But if there's nothing really getting sold at the higher end, the stock is so tightly held. No one wants to sell their house in Perth if it's, you know, above 600K as a generalization. Then the median is skewed down. Therefore, we're not seeing Perth property go up 20%. But in reality, the boom is on its way. How long is it going to last? Check, check out the timing, the turning points, okay? So this is really interesting. It's by, it's by Property Power Partners. Ratio of annual sales to current listings. When you have more sales to current listings, more demand to current supply, then that means that price movement or momentum is going up. So what this is saying is that Perth houses under 600K, all right, this blue 
bar. In 2021, it was above our equilibrium of two. Therefore, Perth properties started to go up in 2021. You know, those clients of mine who bought in places like Rockingham in early 2021, January, February, you guys have made, like almost doubled their money in literally two or three years. And then this momentum increased, this ratio of sales to listings increased, is still increasing and will continue to increase in 2024. And it, then it will likely to come down in 2025. That doesn't mean prices will come down in 2025 necessarily, but rather this ratio tapers off. It's only when it comes down to this equilibrium do then prices start stabilizing. Now, of course, this is a forecast, but let's say in 2026 or 2027 it comes down to this equilibrium. We are not at the end of this Perth boom under six seven hundred thousand dollars. What's also interesting is that Perth prices over six hundred k. You know the reason on the previous chart I shared that they haven't risen is because only just starting to hit this threshold line of two okay before 2021 2022 they were still building up that momentum and next year and the following year these more expensive houses will really start to gain momentum okay so that is when 2024 maybe 25 that's when you're likely potentially to hear those media headlines perth boom 15 percent capital growth 20 percent capital growth perhaps okay based on this analysis of sales to listing. Thank you for waiting patiently. Now, maybe this is the part you've been waiting for as well. Top 10 suburbs for price growth. I'll take you through top 10 suburbs for price growth. Fastest selling suburbs, highest rent price growth suburbs, and also fastest leasing suburbs. There are like 40 suburbs here, and I'm not saying that you should go and buy in these right now. And in fact, a lot of these, my clients were buying in, and now we've stopped buying in. There are other suburbs that aren't even mentioned here that we're buying in for other reasons. Statistical analysis is multi-dimensional. We need to understand multi-dimensional data stories, not just a linear table. But for what it's worth, I think if you select some of these suburbs, you will still make a ton of money. So top 10 suburbs for price growth in the last 12 months. The first one is Shelley. That's really expensive. Let's let's overlook that one. But Bullsbrook is a nice one. Parmelia down in the Rockingham area. We never really bought here in a, in a large degree because there is a lot of land supply just east of Parmelia. But nonetheless, you can still get something, I would say, under 450k with a massive further price increase. I think it's a little bit too late for at least for my clients to buy in Parmelia. We like to pick the most ripe fruits, but if you still want to pick fruits in Parmelia, you'll still do really well. It's taking just six days to, to buy a house here. Cooling up, we're out of there as well, but plenty more potential like Hillman, Aurelia. Now, I want to talk about Armadale. You know, people say that, oh, Armadale is super cheap because it's real dodgy and, you know, no one really wants to live here. It's really slow socioeconomic, real rough around the edges. Guys, my clients have already made like 40, 50% capital growth in places around Armadale as well. You can still buy there and get further upside, but I want you to understand like Redfern, okay, in Sydney, rough area 10 years ago now it's like one of the best areas really expensive 
Frankston, rough area in Melbourne, now really expensive. Petrie in Brisbane, rough area, now really expensive. Just because it has high crime, that doesn't mean that it doesn't grow. There's no correlation between capital growth and crime. In fact, where I'm recording from right now here on the Gold Coast, in this suburb, we have to hire private security. There's so much juvenile crime. Crime rates through the roof, right? But this house has gone up a million bucks in the last two years. And in the last 30 years, it's outperformed most of Sydney. Middle Swan's another opportunity. Port Kennedy, so many people love Port Kennedy. What's not to like? You're close to the ocean. It's, you know, relatively new houses. They're not like 50 years old. They're brick, well-built houses. Once again, you're a little bit late for the best fruits. But if you're the kind of investor, you're like, I don't really care so much about short-term growth. You should because future growth compounds on short-term growth. But if you're kind of a lazy investor, then Paul Kennedy is still going to do terrifically well. I wouldn't be surprised if it has a six in front of it in one or two years. Most of the best buying is done, but still a lot of potential, as is there in Kudanup. Now, where can you buy where you are almost guaranteed to make 50K, 30K, 70K? If you buy right now, by potentially the end of the year, by January, by February, those are the areas where demand is the highest right now. And demand is symptomatic of selling days. Check this out. In Seville Grove, it takes just three days, three days, my friends, to sell a house, all right? That means that this 445 is gonna go up to 545, probably within six to 12 months, if not soon. I remember clients were buying here, like obviously last year, but there was one instance that just comes to mind. December, he bought for 395, and by the time it reached February this year, it was already increased by 100K. Of course, he bought it really sharp, a little bit under market value, but there's a lot of opportunity here for instant equity. We talked about cooling up Armadale Greenfields, okay? I think this has a lot of potential. I won't tell you whether we are or we're not buying, but I'd also want to emphasize this point. Don't buy the suburb. Buy a particular property on one of the better streets at the right price with the right attributes. There's 30 to 35 factors that we look at, not in terms of just suburb selection, but 30 to 35 factors property selection. So it's about what you buy, not just the suburb that you buy, guys. Later, you know, this had for two years, 2021 to 2023, the shortest housing supply in all of Perth. At times and later, there was nothing for sale for months. At times and later, there was nothing for rent on real estate or domain for months. So this has a lot of potential. We're not buying there anymore, I'll just say that out loud, but you can still make a lot of money, as can you in Camillo. Now this is all called Logic Data, top 10 suburbs for rent price growth. So not only are house prices growing in Perth, but rents are actually growing in some instances at a much, much faster rate. That means that even though prices are going up, house prices, yields are actually increasing. That's kind of like unheard of. I'm not trying to big this up, like this is just statistical reality and it makes me enthusiastic. Seville Grove, once again, I can't tell you the amount of buyers agents who used to DM me saying, can't believe your clients are buying in Seville Grove. You know, good luck to them, wherever they're buying and whatever they're doing for their clients. Rent growth, 38%. Now, Seville Grove hasn't gone up by 38% in the last 12 months that rent have. That means that your passive income has just gone up so much. That means your interest rates are completely irrelevant. Quinns Rock, oh, I love this suburb. It's more on the, on the more expensive side. A lot of my clients who are maybe a little bit wealthier um, or have a different strategy are buying or did buy in this area. 
you know, well done to the dozens of you who got there. 35% rent growth, you know, what can I say? Mount Pleasant, I don't think we've bought there at all. Why, why buy there, right, when you can buy two in Quinn's Rock and diversify and get a better yield? Belmont's another nice one. Valga has been hunting ground for a lot of people in my free Facebook community, Huntingdale. Shout out to folks like Rocco who couldn't believe it when they're, you know, it was really difficult to buy. You know, you really need to understand how to buy off market, how to negotiate, how to be really quick to the punch. You know, you need to buy within a few hours, a few days of these listings coming online. But for everyone who has, you know, well done because you've made $100,000, if not more. And interest rates have been completely irrelevant. So I want you to ask yourself and be honest guys, how many of you were on the sidelines a year ago, two years ago, six months ago because you're like interest rates are rising, interest rates are rising, that means the property market's going to fall, what if I have to sell my property and what was I saying the whole time, of course I'm a property spruker, right, of course I would they say that quote unquote, but here we go, here's the proof, rent growth in these top 10 suburbs has been between 28 and 38%. That means that all the interest rate rises that have happened in the last 12 months have been insignificant and not material. Your house price has go, gone up. Your rent and yield and passive income has gone up. It's been happy days for those who have taken action. I know we're going to have another one or two cap interest rate rises, but if you're buying in Perth right now, then the best time to buy is now. Because if you wait six months or 12 months, you'll just buy the same house for much more money. So what's the point? And then fastest leasing suburbs. Not only is rent growing up in Perth, but houses are being able to be rented so quickly with basically like zero vacancy and, and that's so important for a property investor. Property management fee is a little bit more expensive so if you can offset that with basically nil vacancy then happy days. Maddington, I love this suburb. I still like it actually um, but I loved it more when it hadn't grown more than sort of 20, 30, 40 percent. I don't think we bought in any of these other suburbs but Erskine, I think, is maybe the one that has the most potential out of these others, and Yokine as well. So I know it's a big statement to say, but right now in Perth, you can get properties that pay for themselves. You can get properties that you don't have to chip in anything per year to hold. Meanwhile, like I demonstrated over the next one, two, three, four, five years, maybe even to 2027, you can enjoy the capital growth. Do your own due diligence, but I don't want people to say Perth is a mining town. I don't want people to say that Perth is more volatile than Sydney. I proved that wrong in three videos ago. I don't want people to say I'm not buying because of interest rate rises in Perth. And I don't want people to say that Perth prices are only rising because of investors. We've proven all of that wrong. Guys, the best real estate, most important real estate is the six inches between your two ears. Invest in that first. Hundreds have made hundreds of thousands of dollars in the Perth and other property markets across Australia. Join, learn from them and retire early for yourself and for your family. Hit the subscribe button. My name's PK and I'll see you next time. See you guys.